2: Here's what I want you to write. This is the key for you in the Spirit filled life. Under His influence, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it's a lifestyle that is continually renewed and refreshed. There's a one time baptism, but there's a refilling of that
0: empowering that comes from God. When you read the book of Acts, it's obvious that the writer wanted you to understand that the Holy Spirit is the major player in the things that went on. He's filling the 120 initial disciples, giving them the power to tell others about Jesus. Several more times different people are influenced by the Holy Spirit to preach or to impart healing to the sick. Pastor Mark is going to be teaching today about the critical nature of having the Holy Spirit not only resting on you in regards to salvation, but to be refilling you. That's the only way you'll have the ability to carry out God's will for your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 8 as he begins his message, Led by the Holy Spirit, emptied and filled.
1: Lord, let us hear your lessons.
2: Now this is our sixth in a series of being led by the Holy Spirit uh, to a life without borders. And today's teaching is called Emptied and filled. You'll see why as we go through it, in our passage. Now, we saw 120 people in the upper room who had been commanded by Jesus to wait there until the Holy Spirit came upon them. And we see in Acts 2 4 what really happened. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You see, Jesus had said to the disciples, we learned there's three prepositions that are personal that we can have with the Holy Spirit. First one is the Holy Spirit is alongside us. Before you become a believer, the Holy Spirit convicts you. And some of you will become a believer today because the Holy Spirit's going to say to you, uh, you're not going to heaven. You're going to die and you have no way to get rid of your sin.'" You'll never be a good enough person. So the Holy Spirit always does that. Every person here that's a Christian was convicted by the Holy Spirit, and then we received Jesus Christ. So alongside, the second thing is, the minute you accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's an inward work that makes us become more mature and live and act and be like Jesus. Then, here's the third thing you can write down. This is why Jesus said... You have to wait in the upper room because there's more. When I had to minister, you have to have, here it is, empowered by the Spirit, where the Spirit comes upon us, or maybe you want to say overflows us. This is not an inward work. It's an outward work where the Holy Spirit empowers you and me to do the ministry of Jesus. Remember, Jesus had a mission. It's the mission for the whole church. The mission is simply this, Luke 19, 10. Seek and save the lost. Everybody that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So that's the promise we have from God. And Jesus said to his disciples, you have to wait in that upper room because there's a distinct and separate indwelling of the Holy Spirit that takes place at conversion. And Jesus would say this kind of a statement. It's one thing to have the Holy Spirit in you at salvation, But it's something very different to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Chuck Swindoll would say it like this. It's one thing to be a Christian. It's something entirely different to be a Spirit-filled Christian. Now, our world doesn't really understand that. But we're going to explain that to you. So remember, all 120 of those Christ followers in that upper room were filled, overflowing They had this new dimension of the power of God that had come on them. Now, remember, one of the major signs of being filled with the Holy Spirit, there's one baptism, is simply power, God's power to share the gospel, to be bold, not brash, but to be bold and and using the witness of the word of God to people who are lost and need to get saved. Now, In Acts chapter 3, right after all 120 are filled, Peter and John walk to the temple area. There's a man there that has absolutely been lame for his whole life. Couldn't walk. Well, John and Peter had passed them many times before. But on this specific day, the Spirit led them to stop and pray for this man. And as they did that, God supernaturally healed the man and he began walking. Oh, he didn't just begin walking. If you had never walked before and God healed you, would you like get up and go, oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> he went running everywhere, shouting that he was healed. Amen. I mean, come on. And so what happened is the crowd came. Along with the crowd came the Jewish religious leaders. They were not happy. They didn't like what had just happened. So they begin to dialogue with Peter. What's up with this? Turn to Acts 4. You're just two chapters away. Verse 7. Scoot right there. And as Peter is explaining to the religious leaders, watch how the dialogue goes. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power? They knew this was supernatural. By what power or in whose name have you done this? Now, I want you to look at verse 8. I want you to follow it very closely in your Bible. I'm going to read it to you. Here it goes. Then Peter said to them, rulers and elders of the people. Is anybody watching? Did I read it exactly right? Thanks a lot. Of course, I didn't read it right. What did I leave out? Filled with what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's look at how it actually says. Then Peter, circle this in your Bible. See, if you read this without the understanding that I'm going to give you, you would go right past that. That doesn't mean anything to you. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people. Now, let me ask you a question. I already gave you the answer. In the upper room, Peter and John were there with 120. How many of them were filled with the Holy Spirit? Every single one. Was Peter and John already filled? Were they? Of course they were. They're part of the 120. Okay, Did I, I must have missed some people over here. If 120 are filled, are they filled? Okay, they were already all Filled with the Spirit. Then why does Luke say, why would Luke say, filled with the Holy Spirit? If being filled with the Holy Spirit is a permanent experience, happens one time, why does he add this? Well, you're going to see something in a moment. Peter and John were initially filled with the Spirit, but here they're refilled again. I'll explain to you why. Now, after Peter begins to work with the Jewish people, they say to Peter, don't ever talk about Jesus again. We don't believe in him. He died. He was not never resurrected. Don't you dare ever, ever talk about Jesus again. Now, when Peter saw that, Why did he need to be filled with the spirit again? What is one of the evidences when we're filled with the spirit? Can we respond in a weak way or in a bold way? A bold way. So he goes and he says, I know you're my religious leaders. But if you're asking me to obey you versus God, sorry, I'm going to always obey God. We will not stop proclaiming the name of Jesus. In fact, Peter says this. There's no name under heaven whereby anybody can be saved than the name of Jesus. And smoke came out of the Jewish people's ears. Man, They were livid. Now, when you see that, now you can see why he needed that boldness again. Can you see? It was a very difficult situation. So they go back, Peter and John go back, kind of to an upper room where a bunch of believers who had already been filled were waiting. And they go through the whole story. I don't have time to give it to you today, but I'm going to show you a few verses. When they get in the upper room and they tell them what had happened, the man got saved, the man got healed, God changed it. Hundreds of people came to Christ. The Jewish people confronted them and how Peter responded. Look what they do next in verse 49. And now, oh Lord, hear their threats. They're praying. And give us your servants great, say it with me. So what are they praying for? Boldness in preaching your word. Verse 30. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were, what? All filled with what? The Holy Spirit. Now look at me. 120 are all filled. Peter and John were filled in 120, correct? Was Peter filled again? Yes. Now he meets with this group of people who already had been filled. And what happens? How many of them are filled again? They're all filled again. Okay, Peter must be a weak guy. This is his third time of being filled. No, that is not the answer. The people, this was their second time to be filled. So it should begin to cause... See, if you read that and don't even think about it, you're just passing right on by. So they prayed for boldness. Look at the last line of this verse. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. That's called an answer to prayer. They knew it was very dangerous now. Christians would be beaten, hung, crucified. They knew that they couldn't share the gospel in their own strength. They needed the boldness of the Holy Spirit. I want to share with you something that's very important. If they had been content to rest in their initial filling, if they would just said, well, we got filled once. We don't really need that again. We got boldness. They would have never asked to be filled again. Notice they said, Lord, Lord, stretch out your hand. Make us bold again. They asked. You see, if they would not have asked, they would have not received a fresh filling. How do I know that? If you ask not, you get not. They realized they needed more power. They needed another filling of the Holy Spirit. The filling, refilling came as they prayed to God for more. Bold preaching, healings, miraculous signs, wonders in the name of Jesus. So we discover as we watch Peter three times already up to this point, the people, twice, all of them. Here's what I want you to write. This is the key for you in the spirit for life. Under his influence, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it's a lifestyle that is continually renewed and refreshed. There's a one-time baptism, but there's a refilling of that empowering that comes from God. Now, Paul understood that very clearly. And as you know, he's the prolific writer in the New Testament. Turn with me to Ephesians in your Bible, chapter 5, Verse 18. Now, I know some of you are already asking, why did they need to be filled again? And I'll answer that question very shortly. So turn to Ephesians 5.18. Paul writes it like this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Paul says, in contrast with coming under influence of alcohol, wine, beer, hard drink, whatever, Paul says, when you did that, you were under the influence of alcohol. And you did stupid things. How many can remember back in the days before you were a Christian, you got drunk a few times. And somebody the next day came to you. You should have seen you last night. What an idiot you were. Really? Me? Oh, yeah. I don't even want to tell you what I saw. How many can remember somebody saying that to you? Come on, be honest. While you were going in the toilet. How many can remember that? Okay. So what influence were you under? Alcohol. It had you. You were not who you were. You were like, idiot. So, Paul says, no, don't come under the influence of alcohol. Come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The real wording is this be constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. In the original language, be constantly being filled. With the Holy Spirit. In other words, Paul says it's not just a one-time event. There's one baptism, but you don't live off of that the rest of your life. Well, Pastor Mark, I, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 47 years old. How old are you now? 63. How's it going? Pretty much the same at 47. How many times have you witnessed anybody? Uh, maybe once. So you really feel today? I think not. That's what Paul's trying to say. Now, I want to give you some verbs. I know some of you don't want to go back to English, but it's okay. The verb, be filled, is not from Paul. It's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. Well, some of you guys want to be filled. That's okay. No, it's a command. Every Christian, be filled filled. The verb is actually plural. Well, Pastor Mark, I like to be filled, but I'm not really into that. Sorry, it's for you. It's for every Christian. Have the Holy Spirit alongside you, in you, and overflowing you. Every single one of us. The verb is also passive. Now, what does that mean? You can't fill yourself. The Holy Spirit fills you. Now, we see crazy things in some churches. If you watch TV much, some of the churches, they're out of balance, totally out of balance. And they'll be dancing around. They're trying to get the Spirit to fill them. The lighter I shot, the more the Spirit's going to fill me. We think? Holy Spirit's deaf? See, it's stupidity. You can't do anything to fill yourself. You yield to the Holy Spirit, and he fills us. See, he's a gentleman. He's not weird. He doesn't do crazy things. And so it's imperative. It's a command. It's plural. It's for all Christians. It's passive. You yield to the Holy Spirit. And number four, it's present tense. It starts right now, and it's a continual process. So write this down. To be spirit-filled is to continually come up under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, Pastor Mark, what does that look like? If I'm under the influence of the Holy Spirit, what does that look like? Well, look at verse 19. Verse 19, speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, Always giving thanks to God and then complaining about everything. Oh, sorry, that wasn't in there. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Here's what I want you to write down. And when you write this down, you know what you're going to see? It's everyday practical. If I'm filled with the Spirit... I'm under his influence. It's going to affect my speech. It's going to affect my attitude. You say, well, Pastor Mike, I'm kind of a negative person. I like to point out everybody's faults. That's just my nature. Yeah, that's your nature, all right? That's your old nature. That's the spirit's nature. So it's going to affect my attitude, my thoughts, my actions. An interesting love. My relationships. See, my speech will be controlled. What will my speech be like if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit? I will be an encouraging person. I'll be a truthful person. What will my attitude be like? I'll be positive. I'll be grateful. I'll actually be gracious to people. You say, well, Pastor Mark, that's not me. Hello. That's because you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. See, of course it isn't you. Number three, my witness will be controlled by the Spirit. I'll want to talk boldly about Jesus Christ. And my thoughts will not be carnal thoughts. I'm going to think like Jesus. As I think, I become. That's my actions. And notice I mentioned it's going to affect your relationships. Look at the last thing. If you go on in Ephesians chapter 5, you will discover that Paul addresses families, husbands, wives, kids, work, church, all the relationships we have with people. It's going to make our relationships healthy. And when you see that, is there one thing that I need in my marriage? I need to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit so I can be a godly husband and my wife can be a godly wife, which affects our children. See, and that's a whole different picture than we have in the world. Now, I know some of you are going to say, Pastor Mark, why do I need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit? Come on, really? Well, I'm going to give you a very scientific term, and you'll understand the term when I get to it. So listen up. Here we go. D.L. Moody, one of the greatest evangelists of the 19th century, was asked why he needed to be filled constantly with the Holy Spirit. He replied, now get ready. You'll have to define it later. He said this, the reason I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit constantly is because I leak. Figure that word out.
0: I leak. Like the Holy Spirit just comes out of me. Today, Pastor Mark talked about more ways the Holy Spirit has a relationship with the Christ follower. Pastor Mark warned you against pride, thinking that you can run your life better than the Holy Spirit can, and how difficult it is to follow Christ with a prideful attitude. You learned why the Bible speaks of continually being filled with the Holy Spirit and how you can facilitate that in your own life.
1: We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com.
0: Well, this finishes another portion of Pastor Mark's teaching, Led by the Holy Spirit. Next time, he'll continue instruction about the importance of the Christ follower to have the Holy Spirit inside, all around, and poured out on them. You'll learn that this is a requirement, a commandment of Scripture from God. You'll find out that faith plays a big role in this indwelling, too. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time, as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series called, Led by the Holy Spirit. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: In a hurry